Okay, so um, we're beginning, right, exactly, just get rid of them, okay? We don't know what's going to happen, but um, yeah, so we're starting um, a new series for the next six or seven weeks or so, and I know a number of you guys are going to be off. I think some of you that are here are on your spring break right now, um, so that's great. You have enough time while you're here to pick up a Clemson University packet so you can apply for school here. Um, you can go ahead and do that. That's great. But in the next week, the Clemson students, you're going to be, and the Tri-County students will be on spring break. And I would really still encourage you to listen to the sermons online uh, because the next six weeks, um, it, just as I've been studying more about the cross, uh, the more I feel like this may be one of the most important six weeks of our year. Amen. All right. I really think that it's that important. All right, it's interesting, um, in Luke 22, one of the things that Jesus said um, when he was talking about going to the cross, he said, do these things in remembrance of me. Like, every time you gather, remember, and do you remember what Jesus said? He, he, he was taking bread, and he broke the bread, and he said, this is my body, and it's broken for you. Amen. And I want you to remember this every single week. Every time you get together, I want you to remember this. And this is my blood. And it's poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this. And, and I understand. You want to know what? Uh, man, the resurrection is vital because that gives us hope that God is powerful. But I'm going to tell you, if we forget about the cross, I think we're in bad shape. All right, we're going to forget about the very thing that 2,000 years ago when Jesus had his guys together for one last time, and he said, hey, listen, guys, do this. Remember this. Remember as you get together what this means. How many hundreds of communion messages have many of you sat through? And you've heard a lot. I mean, countless times. And you've heard 1 Corinthians 11. You've heard Luke 22. And do this in remembrance of me. And, this, and my body will be broken for you. Right? We've heard it so often that isn't it easy to where it just becomes something that really kind of just bounces off your heart and it bounces off my heart too. And I think that's why I feel like this is so important yeah. because for me, I think the more over the past couple of weeks that I've been reading about the cross and studying the cross and remembering the cross of Jesus, uh, the more I've been like, wow, I've lived as a disciple and the cross has been just kind of something that's been off to the side. Right, can, you, can you, like, relate to that? Can you imagine yeah. living that way? All right? Can you think, wow, hold on a minute. Isn't that supposed to be the symbol of the Christian faith is the cross? All right? How can we so easily forget about it? Right? Or so easily, like, it just becomes something that we forget the implications. We forget the sacrifice. We forget all of those things, right? Amen. So that's why we're going to dig in. Amen. And I hope that... As, as you're able to go through this and study this on your own, man, I would really encourage you, and this is, this is something I've had to relearn, is uh, we have to read it from a standpoint of the intellect of knowing like our mind has to understand it, but you know what else is our heart has to understand it too. And that's something that each one of us, I would really encourage you to kind of take that time each day and let's get kind of what's up in our head down into our heart, you know, and that takes a lot of meditation. That takes a lot of, I really enjoy reading what other people write about the cross, all right, because there are some people that get, they're so eloquent in how they write things and, and relate emotional things. I'm not 
an emotional person. You may be. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Michaela's laughing at me. She's like, heck no, he's not, okay? <laughs> All right? Um, but um, so there's a lot, and we're going to take it week by week, and we're going to take bits and pieces of this. Um, and I want you to think of, you're going to hear words that you've heard, and, and maybe you haven't, but maybe you have words that you've heard in church over and over and over again, words like Calvary or Gethsemane, all right? And I want you to think those places actually exist today. They're real places. And Jesus really was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it probably wasn't like the garden that is in front of your home or apartment complex or something like that, Uh, but you can go and you can see actually what the, you could travel to Jerusalem and see the Garden of Gethsemane. All right, you can see what it's like. And I really encourage you, and that's been helpful for me too, is going back and actually seeing pictures. Like, what does Calvary actually look like where Jesus was raised on the cross, right? And there's another word the Bible uses for Calvary. Do you remember what that word is? Golgotha, right? Which means, right, the place of the skull, right? Because it kind of looks like the top of a skull right there, okay? So those words you're going to hear, and I would really encourage you, um, to let them, like, leave here and look them up. Amen. Get yourself to that place, all right, as you're studying, as you're hearing the sermons, as you're, because this is what is going to help soften our hearts, all right? Because here's what I do know, is as I've come to the conclusion for myself um, that, man, the cross has been too much of a byproduct, like almost unthought of for too long. Here's what I do know is it can't stay that way. Like it can't like, and I'm saying that for me, but you've got to come to that conclusion too, right? I mean, you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, this can't stay this way. Like, man, we really have to remember this. And you think, well, why, why is this so important? Why is it so important today? You know, it's, it's interesting. Do you remember Peter's sermon in Acts chapter two? Peter started talking to the Jews and as he was can anybody tell me, like, what was the big picture of his sermon? Like, what was his ultimate end game of Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2? You don't have to remember all of it or the references he made to the Old Testament and all of that, but he had something in mind. He was going to describe something. What was it? Right, right. Hey, I'm going to tell you a story. All right, that's really how it started. And I'm going to do, Peter did such a great job by the power of the Holy Spirit to basically, like, I'm going to lay this out in front of you from the beginning of time that God, right, he did send Jesus. Jesus was God. God was like, I'm coming down to earth, all right? And then ultimately, uh, the point is, is, hey, um, as he tells the story of the crucified Jesus, the question that we all are meant to ask is exactly the question they asked. What was the question they asked? Okay, yeah, it's like, oh gosh, we're in trouble, okay? It's, this is why it's vital, is because we all live in it, and it isn't like an us versus them kind of thing. We live in a world where really salvation is not thought of. Like, we don't consider ourselves to be in need of salvation. As a, as a culture, unfortunately, it creeps into the church, where we're kind of like, that's great that Jesus did that, but I'm not that bad, like, right? I mean, we've heard this before. Like, man, don't say things. We hate things that tell us that we're not good people. All right? That, that is like one of the most, like, off-putting things we can possibly hear is if somebody were to tell you, 
All right, if a teacher were to tell you, you aren't a good student, but we'd have lawsuits because we shouldn't tell someone they're not good. All right, except here's where the cross gets messy. It's Jesus saying, I'm not telling you you aren't. I'm saying it's a fact, and I've got to come down here and rescue you through the cross because you aren't. Not a one of you is good. Amen. All right, and this is where the message of the cross, man, if we're not careful, we will keep it an arm's distance. We're like, oh, God is so judgmental, and we cannot be saying this to people, and the cross becomes offensive to the world and to campus and all of these things because we don't want to feel bad about ourselves, okay? And so this is and essentially our doctrine of salvation in Everyone feels this to a certain degree. It's kind of like when you die, you go to heaven. That's the doctrine of salvation. That's essentially it in our world. Like they're dead, so they went to heaven because they've passed the one test, which is you died. All right. Except this is so important because the Bible teaches something distinctly different. All right. And this is, it doesn't matter how old you are as a Christian. You may be 20 or 30 or 40. I don't think there's anybody 40 years old as a Christian. You know, unless Brent was baptized as a baby, I guess, you know, I mean, maybe. But but the truth is, is it is it doesn't matter how old we get. There should never be a time when we're losing sight of our need for the blood of Jesus. Amen. All right. It's not just, oh, man, no, I repented and was baptized so I can forget about it now. It's like, man, I mean, do you ever get that feeling? Well, maybe we don't. I mean, I didn't. Okay, And and this was what led me to a lot of this was the gratitude of the blood of Jesus of how much me and you need this every single day and you want to know what I found what happens is Christianity becomes really really like laborious and boring without this message without us connecting to it not me telling you about it but without us connecting to the cross okay and so this is vitally important all right that we start thinking like, oh man, salvation, reconciliation to God, because there's going to be a time for every one of us, for every human, that will actually stand in judgment in front of God. I want you to think about what that day will be like. It may be in a matter of minutes from now. I mean, Jesus could come back at any time, all right? I want you to think about what that would be and how would you stand in front of God, all right? Remember Hebrews 4, this is a verse that, you know, a long time ago, it was like one of the mandatory memorization verses, right? I mean, the Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword, right? And you could, it can divo- uh, divide joint and marrow, soul and spirit. And, and here's the part I remember as a young Christian, always that, that last part, after he, he talks about how sharp the sword is, and it's double-edged, and it divides things that you didn't think could be divided, like soul and spirit. How do you divide that? But then there's a little verse right after that. Do you remember what comes next? Do you remember what comes next? What comes next? Everything will be laid bare before him. Nothing to whom we must give an account. All right? That's the thing. That's the, is that everyone, no one gets to skip that phase to give an account. Can you think about it? Can you think of everything and giving account and God going, hold on, you did this. Hold on, Kyle, can you explain this? Like, hold on a minute. India, can you, Keith, come here, man. 
like as we're playing this out, and, and you know, we're going to be thinking like, okay, God, let's hurry this up. There's lots of people to go through. We got nothing but time. <laughs> you got nothing but time at that point, okay? I mean, there's nothing but eternity left, all right? We can take our time. And can you imagine like what will happen And you take your place? And it's like, hey, come here. And what would it be? You know, and, and is the videotape or the DVD or the streaming or the whatever technology we have starts playing the movie of our lives and it's and it actually says that this Bible will judge the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts too. Right? So I mean we could all look really good. Everyone, by the way, looks nice and clean and spiritual right now. Right? But there's stuff in us. Yeah. And and he's like, okay, once we get done with all the stuff that everyone saw, now let's go and play chapter two. All the things you thought and all the attitudes you had, and all of those kind of things. And you all know what? Everyone we know, it doesn't matter. You can play this week, walk around. Just walk around campus and look at people. And no, there's one thing we'll all have in common. We will all stand in that judgment. All right? Now, here's the awesome thing. All right? Galatians 3, verse 26 and verse 27 he says, you want to know what? There's no slave or free, Jew or Greek or any of this stuff. He says, but if you've been baptized into Christ Jesus, your life is now hidden in Jesus. Is there a place you could imagine being anywhere else on Judgment Day than hidden inside of Jesus? Right? I mean, you're like, oh gosh, I should not get away from this. I'm just, I'm hiding right here. It, can you think of a better place to be? All right, because that, again, and I want you to think the enormity of that moment when we will come face to face with God. And I don't know if we'll see other people going through this, but could you imagine watching somebody go through it and they weren't hidden in Jesus? All right, because when you're hidden in Jesus, God is going, oh, there's Jesus. Oh, everything, I mean, this is a great movie to play because it's all pure and it's all perfect and it's all loving and it's all, and of course you're getting away with something because that's through the cross of Jesus. Right? That, that's, that's where it comes back to is going, oh, wow, how grateful will you be on that day? And that will happen. How grateful will you be? What kind of gratitude will we go? Oh, man, can you imagine the relief of going, I'm in Jesus? Amen. Whew, man. Can you imagine that in, unless you aren't in Jesus? Right? And and that's the age we live in now, which is like, we need salvation from what? Like, we don't really need that, do we? I mean, we don't need to be reconciled to God because any God that doesn't take everyone to heaven, right? We can't love that kind of God, huh? Have you ever said that or thought that or heard that before? Man, I've probably done all three of those things. I probably thought it, said it, and heard it, okay? Except... When it comes to the Bible, you think, man, didn't the simple fact that God said, I'm coming down to earth and dying for everyone, doesn't that give him the authority to go, hey, I get to decide now. I'm not asking too much here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is just kind of, this is where we're starting with all this kind of stuff. Turning your Bible over to Isaiah 53. Turn over to Isaiah 53, because here's our first, this is our intro right here, is the cross of Jesus was not plan B for God. 
This was his plan from the beginning. This is what God knew long before any of us were born, created. God knew, I'm going to have to go down and rescue Jessica. I'm going to have to go down and get Sean Dix. I'm going to have to get down there and get Bailey. I'm going to need to get them and Keith and his family. I'm going to have to go down there and, and do that. And, and we know this here in Isaiah 53. So just a little background. And, and one of the things I think, man, if you've been a disciple for a while, just have, should have in your mind, like Isaiah was written, just give me, a, give me a round number. Like how many hundreds of years before Jesus was born, was Isaiah writing these things, okay? Doesn't have to be exact, just a round number. This should just be, man, if you're a disciple, right. Man, you're talking about 700 and, uh, years before Jesus, and you're going, wow, okay. You know what's crazy about that? You're going, well, who says it was 700 years? Except here's what's fantastic and awesome about archaeology Man, God invented archaeology, right? I mean, which is cool. Is you had this, you had these Dead Sea Scrolls that were found, all right, and there were copies of Isaiah that were written. The copies were written and dated two hundred years before Jesus. And so it's funny because we do live in a world that's like, oh no, 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 that's somebody else saying that. There's no proof. There's no. There is proof actually. That at the, uh, if a copy was made at 200 years, then the original was older than that. All right? And we have a whole lot more. But just that little nugget right there, that right there separates Jesus from any other quote-unquote God. Did you realize that? Like, I'm talking about Muhammad. I'm talking about Buddha, who, by the way, Buddha was an atheist. I say that because this is like what we do today. Like we look for cheap imitations of Jesus. And we're going, no, no, no. If you have a friend, he's like, no, man, I'm kind of into Buddhism. You got to understand something. Buddha didn't believe in God. There is no salvation in Buddha. You're like, but what about all of the Hindu gods? Right? There is, you have nothing. We have verified evidence for the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the message of Jesus, and you have nothing in Islam, and you have nothing in the Hindu tradition, you have nothing in any of the Far Eastern religions, there's nothing, all right? And so that's the thing is, is we're going to have to like throw our weight behind something at some point and hope if it's going to be like, no, I'm going to go for this, I'm going to go for some new age religion, which today's new age religion is no, everyone's okay. Like there's Buddha and I like him and I like the Hindu gods and I like Jesus. He's good, too. And I like Abraham and he's good. And I like, you know, Muhammad and he's good. And all of these guys together really make one great God, except that's a fable. Yeah. All right. And at some point, if that's going to be what you buy into, you're going to have to stand in front of God and argue it out with him. All right. He's going to go. I gave you proof that those guys were just men. All right. And there's no excuse None of them went through what Jesus went through. None of them went that far. None of them rescued me and you. All right? And so as we study the cross, hopefully our conviction, and I hope my conviction even gets more, just deeper to just, you want to know what? I want my loyalty for Jesus to be so great 
and my zeal for Jesus, then I'm not enamored at all by what the world puts out there. Okay, that's really, man, when you read about the cross here. So you have Isaiah 53, and in verse 4, you just kind of let these words sink in right here, okay? Surely he took up our infirmities. He carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God. Isn't that interesting in the Gospels? That's what's related about Jesus. Like, people thought he was actually stricken by God. Okay. Smitten by him, afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. So 700 years beforehand, okay? Can you imagine watching that like if you legitimately did a crime and watching someone else pay the price for your crime? Could you imagine watching that? Could you imagine if you did something that deserved death and watched somebody else get tortured for you? That's what Isaiah 53, that's what he just said. He said the judgment that brought us peace, right, brought him judgment and torture and death, right? This was 700 years before. Psalm 22, same thing, huh? Except Psalm 22 is another 300 years older than Isaiah. So you're talking about 1,000 years before. And you can go back and hopefully you're taking notes and go, I'm going to read Psalm 22 with fresh eyes. Not in, you all know what, have you ever done this before? And I've just been thinking about this. I'm like, you know, when I refer and read to Psalm 22, you know when it usually is? Like, it's usually when I'm like talking at someone, like I'm teaching them or I'm trying to like help them to understand something. But very rarely do I go back and read Psalm 22. It's just like, hold on a minute. Let me immerse myself in this, like just me. All right. Because it can just be like a teaching tool. And then it stops, like, really getting into our heart, right? Okay. So, anyway, here's the thing. This was long before. Revelation 5.9. All right, I want you to paint this picture. Turn over to Revelation 5.9, because we have this... We have this plan that wasn't plan B, and it wasn't plan C, and God wasn't hoping for better things to happen. God was like, no, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to send my... I'm, I'm going down there as Jesus, and I'm going to go through this. And it was planned ahead of time. It was known by God ahead of time. And then in Revelation 5, verse 9, you have this picture. I want you to think of this amazing picture in heaven, okay? And you have the elders and all of these 24 leaders, and they're just around the throne, right? And they're singing. And here's what they're singing, all right? They're saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open it seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God. I want you to think about that is, is that you were purchased by the blood of Jesus. Like that was the, that was the price for Liz, okay? Is when God was looking up, there, I want you to think of your worst moment in your life, the one that you may never want anyone to ever know about, all right? And he's going, no, you're still worth this much. Right? That's what they were singing about. I mean, could you think of something better to sing about than that? It's like, oh, man, this is the best song in heaven. (laughs) You know, you had the authority. You went and bought men with your blood. All right? What does that do to you? Like, to know that, to know that 
at least 3,000 years ago, probably way more than that, God was like, I'm going down there to rescue them, and I'm going to, what they should have done to them, I'm going to have done with me. I'm going to do that to rescue them. And you want to know what? What they're worth to me is my blood. They're worth it. Like in all of the rebellion and all of the sin, that's what I'm buying them for. What does that do to you? What does that do to you on the inside? Doesn't it start moving you and you're like, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm worth that much? The most conceited person in here doesn't think they're worth that much. (laughs) Right? In our most arrogant times, we don't think we're worth, but we we fight this battle, right? Because we want our self-esteem to grow rather than like understanding what our self-worth is. Right. And the worth that Jesus placed on every one of us. And it's got to be personal. Like Megan's got to think, man, he actually knew me and said I was worth that price. And Adam's got to know if it's if it's just, oh, he did it in general. Then that's great, except it's missing my heart. Right. Does that make sense? Like, it's, if this doesn't, like, dig in, because the more I learn about the cross and the more I dig into this, the more I realize, man, my heart is getting softer. Yeah. yeah. All right? Like, this is, this is doing things to me on the inside. Amen. All right? And so you have this. He said, I'm going to purchase you. I'm going to purchase Joe. And, and not for 20 bucks and not for 100 bucks and not for 10000 or a million dollars, but for my blood. Okay? And on top of that, in Romans 5, verse 7, he said, I'm going to do it when they're still rotten. When they're rotten, when they're sinners, that's when I'm doing it. I'm not going to wait for them to do something good. Like they teach you as parents, like catch your children doing something good. (laughs) All right. He's like, I can't. All right. (laughs) Because they're missing something. They're under the influence of Satan. All right. They're living just in sin. And so you think, wow, man. Um, so he, he's known it forever. I was purchased by his sacrifice and his blood. And he knew me just when I was a wreck. And I was like, that's when I'm getting down there. That's when I'm going to do this. All right. And so there should be something, honestly, and listen, I'll I'll tell you, I mean, we all have the capability of just like, hey, no, I will resist this. I will not hear this. I'm just going to kind of go on. I've been a Christian for a while. I don't need all this. I already, you know, this is implication in my life. And and we could do that, all right, except we're missing out on probably the most important message in the history of the universe. (laughs) Amen the most important newsworthy item there ever has been. So this is where our hearts have to connect. I want to share a few things we finish up here. The first one is this, is these are just things just really quickly that I'm, that I've learned in the past 10 days or so. Okay. And been reminded of just through the cross. Okay. The first one that I was reminded of, and this is like a just a powerful memory was my baptism. All right? And if you've been baptized into Christ, do you remember your baptism? I want you to think about that. Like, do you remember? Sean was like, of course I remember it. It wasn't that long ago, man. I mean, come on. You know? But do you remember your baptism? And you know what's cool about that? And you're like, well, okay, that's neat. My baptism day was pretty cool, you know? I mean, it's June 22nd, 1997. Right, and I remember just 
there was such a battle because, man, my mom was super angry about it. Like she did not, I was a traitor basically to my family and to the faith I had grown up in, all right? It was really tough. But you know what's really cool I remember is, you know, in Romans 6, isn't it amazing that Paul says, hey, at baptism, at baptism, remember we saw Dean get baptized? He participated in the death of Jesus when he went under that water. You know, you know what's amazing is, is there's nowhere in the Bible that says the baptism is a symbol. Like we've messed that up, huh? Yeah. We have really messed that up because everything we read about baptism in the Bible is there's something actually happening at baptism, okay? And we come in contact. He's like, no, you died. Like when you went under the water, you, that's me, right, died. Like Keith was gone forever. All right. That's enough to make me angry right there. Do you understand that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I'm like my best Lord. Like I know what's best for me, right? Olivia, you know what's best for you. Sean knows what's best for him. Bailey knows what's best for her. It's like we're our best Lord. All right. But through the cross, Paul was able to say, hey, y'all remember Jesus dying on the cross? Now you do that. But you've got to die. All right. Man, I remember that. I remember that being something that was really inspirational. All right. Because you kind of have to get to the end of yourself where you're like, oh, I'm sick and tired of me making decisions for me. Okay, you know, I'm just like, I have messed my life up at that point for 23 years. Like everything I tried to do good was messed up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I remember that was it was baptism. That may be something that some of you guys like you're studying. Like you're right there. You're thinking about it. All right. And you just got to think, wow, man, there is nothing as Paul writes that's where you're coming in contact with the blood of Jesus at baptism. Here's the other thing I thought of was the call to discipleship. You remember that? Remember Jesus in Matthew 16 when he says, man, let me tell you guys, anyone who's going to follow me, what do they have to do? You got to take up that cross, man. What's the cross? What is that? Tell me what your cross is. Is it a sore back? Bad knees? Migraine headaches. What's your cross? That's kind of messed up, isn't it? <laughs> but that's what we do. We're like, oh, ailments, that's our cross. You know, man, I'm not, my cross is I'm not the smart guy. I just got to carry that cross throughout life, you know, and I'm not, man, the cross, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we, we've taken that, but Jesus is actually saying, no, your cross, you know, someone special goes on your cross. Who gets to go on your cross, Ryan? No, you. Jesus is like, I'm going to my cross. If you want to follow me, you take your cross. Right? Right. But the truth is, he's saying, this is the call to discipleship, is you got to die. Okay? That's the message right there is, Jesus isn't telling us to do something he didn't do. Amen. He's going, right here, discipleship, this is it right here, okay? And that's awesome, but he says, no, if you want to follow me, Right? If you want to follow me, Adam, get yours. Get your cross and come on. All right? This is, an, this is not a cross-free zone to follow Jesus. It's like, no, lug it. Bring it. Because someone special goes on it. You know, it's, I love the analogy of this man. Um, gosh, I forget his name. What's the guy that wrote the God Players? Earl Jabay. 
was his name. And he said, inside of every human, there's two distinct rooms in your heart. And one has a throne and one has a cross. And whatever one you're on, Jesus is on the other one still. Okay? So here's the thing is, if I'm on the throne, Jesus still is on the cross. But it's the idea of, hold on, when Jesus is king, I'm dying to myself. That's the call to discipleship. That was, I remember that. I remember, and I'm really glad that Ben and Sarah brought up Hebrews 12 too. That was like the only verse I even cared about. It helped me so much was this idea of, you want to know what? Fix your eyes on Jesus, Amen. the author and perfecter of our faith, who, you know, for the joy set before him endured the cross. That, that was all I remember as a young Christian. That's all I thought about in the Bible. I was just like, okay, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, and he endured the cross, and he died, and, that, and he's calling me to carry my cross. And, man, that's what, okay, I get it. Like, that, that connected all the dots for me. And I'm going to keep my eyes on him and thank God that he is not, he is rose from the dead. That is awesome. All right. But he called me and he called you to carry the cross. And you want to know what? We have to get up on that. All right. Like I have to die like every day. Amen. Right. That's the tough part, isn't it? That's the hard part. Because as you get older as a Christian, you start getting like pretty good at this. Right. Like knowing how to be spiritual, <laughs> how to look spiritual. We know how to do that, right? And so anyway, there was that. I, I, you know, just remembering baptism, remembering the call to discipleship, remembering that you want to know what? Comparing myself to people was through. Like that was it. It was over. Yeah. Okay, I didn't have to do it anymore. The, the other thing that I remember was, and this is one of those things I want us to think about is being grateful. This is one of the things I think can work into the church where we lose our gratitude. Amen. Yeah. Like we lose our ability to be gracious with one another. We lose our ability of even verbally. We lose our ability to even be grateful to God and we forget about it. All right. Except I remember early on, man, that was it. Just like, oh, that was my prayer life was just, oh, thank you. And thank you. And thank you. And this is great. Oh, man, thank you. And you read the Bible with me. Thank you. And man, you had me over to your house for dinner. Thank you. All right. And the minute that stops, man, we're again, we're in trouble. All right. And just remembering these things, you know, and and it gave me a why to everything. It gave me a why. Like, why on earth would I say no to sexual morality? Because Jesus died on the cross. Right? I mean, because he went that far, so I won't. Amen. Right? Why would I repent of anything? Because of the cross of Jesus. Why would I forgive somebody? Because of the cross of Jesus. Why Why would I live in Acts 2.42 life? To be devoted to the fellowship, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread and prayer. Why would I do that? Because of the cross of Jesus, have you ever wanted to be somewhere other than with the body of Christ? <laughs> You're like, I'm not answering that. <laughs> I'm not answering that at all. Okay, it's a funny time of year because this is baseball season. And I, I'm, I, boy, I'll tell you what, I mean, me and baseball, almost like we, I creep the line of sin with loving baseball. Okay, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever met a person who I love baseball. All right. I absolutely love it. And I started reading a book this week because I was a trainer for the baseball team at Fresno State University. 
And in 2008, they won the national championship, okay? And it was really cool because they were the lowest seed ever to win a national championship, this wow. team. And so I'm reading through it. And I remember something that happened, okay? Do you know when their final game was to win the national title? Do you know when it was? No, it wasn't Sunday. It wasn't Easter, Mar March 27th. It wasn't on March 27th, you know? <laughs> it was on a Wednesday night those jokers were trying to clinch. The last, and I'm thinking, that's my team. I don't mean I like them. I mean I work for them. I mean, they, that's I, the people. Every, this is me right here, okay? And I'm going, wow, is midweek really? Come on. I mean, how many times does Fresno State go to win the national championship? How many times? Never. And, is, and, and just that. And, and so anyway, but here's. This is, these are just memories for me, okay? Here's the thing, and this wasn't me. This was the cross of Jesus. It was like, I'm like, you want to know what? There wasn't anything better than being with the body of Christ Amen. that night. There, there was no excuse. There was no way that I wasn't going to. Amen. You know why? Because Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. And he gave me brothers and sisters, you know? And you know what's great is I'm excited that Fresno State won the national championship. You want to know what? I never regret missing that game. Ever. Amen. All right? And that's sports, okay? That, here in Clemson, it's football, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's, it's all of these things. And we're like, I could never. If Clemson's baseball team was playing for the national title, I'd be out of here. I'm going, guys, it's only baseball. It's only football. You want to know what? That's all going to go away. I hope baseball's in heaven, which I think it will be. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is, is here, look around. This is who God gave us, and this is the best gift. This is better than a national championship. It really is, and you're not convinced of that. Amen. All right? You aren't convinced that sports at your university could be better. Or could, this could be better, okay? But I'm going to tell you, as we study the cross, it, you, we'll see that. Amen. It's better. It's better than anything that you love most of all. It's better than that. Yeah. All right? This is why we're able to go, you know what? This is awesome. Winning a national championship, all this stuff. But you want to know what's really great? My brothers and sisters. Amen. I don't regret missing it. I would have regretted being with my brothers and sisters. All right? That's the cross of Jesus. Amen. Okay? So everyone, you might not be a baseball fan. You might think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Okay, but you have something that yeah. you love. And you're like, no, I would never. You know, you're like, Keith, you're such a legalist midweek. I mean, come on, bro. I'm like, listen, when Jesus comes back, if I had a choice to be with my brothers and sisters or at a baseball stadium, there's no, I'm being with my brothers and sisters, you know. And, and so anyway, turn over to Philippians 3. Let's finish up right here. Here's what all of this that we just talked about. The idea that, man, this was planned from millennia ago. All right, this idea of the rescue of me and you. And it wasn't just a rescue, like a really cool rescue. Like he came down as a Navy SEAL and like snatched us up and they made movies about it. It's like, it's a torturous, torturous method of, of rescue, okay? All of that being said, the fact that me and you were still sinners and that we had to be purchased by his blood and that... All, all of that being said, right here, Philippians chapter 3, this is what stood out to me. In Philippians chapter 3, 
I thought this is going to be my, my verse for the month right here that I want to meditate on, that I want to pray about, that I want to memorize. Verse 7, this is Paul writing, okay? He says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. I mean, that's what, let, let's have that as our goal. How about that? Is to have that, there's everything we could possibly think that we could lose. He's like, well, that's rubbish anyway. It's rubbish. Degree is rubbish. Jobs, rubbish. All that stuff's burning, okay? Don't not study, okay? I mean, you can get, you can do, get good grades, okay? A's for Jesus, not C's for Jesus, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is we're go- let's get there. How about this? How about we help each other? do this okay because it doesn't work any other way unless each of us is like involved in family group and group of three and cross training and soul talk and all these things to be able to help one another to go let's have this heart this is a guy who was infected by the cross all right this is a guy who he's like no yeah i want all that good stuff but i want to share in the sufferings of jesus are you there yet I'm not there yet, okay? I'm not like sufferings of Jesus. Do you have to? No, I'll come to midweek, okay? You know, I want to, he said, I want to be with Jesus and like him in his death. Are you there yet? I'm not there yet either, okay? But here's the thing is, let's help each other get there, all right? To where we see things, because you know, there are fun things. I don't want you to get all weird about going to sporting events and stuff, but there are fun things that God gives us, but you want to know what? They pale in comparison to the call that every one of us has had. They pale in comparison, okay? They pale in comparison to anything. I mean, getting in his word, meditating, memorizing, having it course through our veins to where we're like, you want to know what? I can can enjoy good things here, but they pale in comparison. Like, I want... When, when all is said and done, how about we pray that? God, help us to suffer like you suffered. Amen. Wow, man. That, that just came to my head. I haven't done that yet, okay? <laughs> you do it and tell me how it goes, okay? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> yeah, you do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brent's going to do it, and then we'll ask him about it next week. We'll be like, no, we don't want to be like Brent, that poor guy. <laughs> you know? But how about we pray this? All right, and pray that not just the words, but that we're like, no, this is where we want to be as disciples. How about we do that?